Hi everyone. I'm really excited to introduce this episode of Follow Instructions where Ishani and I talk about internet, internet culture, um, our frustrations with how we present ourselves, and just lots of really fun, cool stuff. It's going to feel like a little bit more academic than the last episodes, but hey, we're smart girls and uh, we kind of have to prove that. <laughs> As proof of how smart we are, um, we still don't have intro music, so I'm just gonna play... I'm just gonna, you know, hit this pen on a mug until the episode starts. Please enjoy! <laughs> Hi everyone, and welcome to this fourth, fifth, fourth episode of Following Instructions. Um, this week, instead of Ishani bringing bum bum to me, I brought an article to Ishani, just an exchange of cultures. That's what's happening right here. Um, and the article was about misandry. And uh, I don't know, Ishani, do you have any initial thoughts you want to bring up right now? Yeah, sure. I feel like so let's describe the article a little bit. Sure, sure. Uh, the article is essentially talking about um, about just how we talk on on Twitter about men and how a it's affecting men and and kind of going into what it says about the people who are talking about men in that way. Um, there are like a whole bunch of like you know man hating tweets on there things like um what's an example Farah? uh i can't think of the top of my head right now i need to have it in front of me yeah um, you know what's funny you guys is that we literally recorded this episode decided that we'd have to be better prepared and they're coming back to it like we still don't know what we're talking about <laughs> We're going to be so prepared in other ways. And then this part that we already did, we're just like, not going to get right. <laughs> okay, I, I pulled it up. So things like yeah. um, men will bury their emotions for decades and then take it out, take it all out on children tubing while they drive the boat or things like in 2014. Wait, wait, I like... I like this one. Every woman working from home is doing so in a MacBook Air on the couch cup of tea. Every man is monitor set up with the loudest keyboard he could find at Best Buy. And it's something really innocuous and like it's something that like a man doesn't really deserve to be made fun of for. Yeah. But then that tweet had 378,000 378k 378,000 likes. And so it it's Resonating with someone is resonating with people, and I'm sure some of the people who are retweeting and reblogging it um, must be like white cis men as well, who are just like, "Haha, yeah, that's us." But it's it's become so easy and fun and accepted to just make fun of men for anything online. <laughs> yeah, and it's also it's like weird because I think what are, what are we making fun of is like I guess their wanton lack of self-awareness, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. And, um, and, yeah, so we were, we were talking, so Farah and I both went to women's colleges, and, uh, our- Yeah, the same women's college. 
It's the same women's college, yes, Rinwar College. <laughs> and we're both very well versed in this kind of dialogue, right? Mm-mm. And uh, I guess today we were being a bit more critical of it. And like in 2020, somehow, how this kind of humor feels dated and it doesn't feel mm-hmm. um, edgy anymore. Um, it's kind of just like bashing the same horse again and again, right? Definitely. And uh, what was really interesting was that at the end of the article, there's this quote that says, uh, that talks about the type of guy who is the punchline of these jokes. And it's like, these dudes are usually not very online. They're plain spoken and have not manifested a personality disorder through overt use of social media for 10 years. Um, and you know, what's an interesting point that I, that I just kind of thought of was how, how when we're using like technology, we have, it, it's kind of like, it, are we that self-aware or is it kind of just like, um, I don't know, there's like this compulsion to be self-aware when you're using technology. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, uncool to, uh, uh, but, that, but there's this almost like compulsion to be self-aware, uh, right? And there's this almost like, if you're not self-aware, like, who even are you, kind of? And I was, in, this was interesting because I was reading um, uh, this book called The Second Self by Sherry Turkle. And it was talking about how when we're using technology, the way that we, and, and she was specifically talking about it in the context of programming, but like the way that we use it is, it tells us something about ourselves and what we want rather than, you know, about the world as much. So it's like when you're using technology, you can't help but be aware of some of your, you know, your tendencies. And we were talking about this too, right, Farah? Because we were talking about how in recording this podcast, we're realizing how weird it is, how weird the rhythms that we talk in are, and like how, how, how cringy it is when we're trying to be funny about something, but yeah i don't know if you've seen this ishani because it's a very twitter thing but there's been like uh people have been posting like pictures of i think joe biden or like another any white man and barack obama and the twitter algorithm always chooses the white man Mm. and people were talking about how you know people black people of color indigenous everyone has been talking about how um Technology is racist. And like you have all these white men are like technology technology isn't racist. Technology is technology. And people are like, okay, but who's programming that technology? Because they have racist tendencies and racist biases and they're putting that into their programming. And so it's kind of funny that this uh, Twitter meme, if you, if you, it's been like recent that people have been talking about it. Um, yeah, it, it feels of the moment right now of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, th- there's like, there's almost like a compulsive, like, self-awareness that goes with it, right? Like, you can't, mm-hmm. you can't not think about what you're doing when, when you're doing it, when you're on your computer, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, unless, of course, you're, like, vegging out and just binge-watching something, um, which is a form of avoidance. But other than that, when you're <laughs> actually, even if you're writing a paper or you're 
recording a podcast like we are, you're you are constantly interacting with whatever you're projecting out into uh, whatever media that you choose, whatever platform that you choose. And uh, it's just interesting, like, how that kind of... And so that's what we're making fun of when we're talking about these white men, right? Because they somehow don't have this self-awareness. Yeah. Yeah, and we want that freedom. We want that. Like both tweets that we just read out loud was about someone taking, was about someone just not caring about the people around them. Like the tweet about the computer being so loud was like every woman is sitting trying to be dainty and polite and quiet and every man's being as loud as possible. The the thing about, you know, driving in a boat and your dad kind of like <laughs> unleashing years of trauma on you is about someone just them being narcissistic and selfish and like, well, this is all about me, me, me. And, and I think that is what, just like you said, Shani, like I think that's what makes people the angriest because why am I carrying the burden of accommodating you? And why won't you take some responsibility? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just so much easier to say men are trash and have someone <laughs> understand that understand that within that context but when it becomes so far removed from that context I think that's when it becomes a little bit dangerous and a little bit I mean not even a little bit it becomes toxic it becomes a toxic space for men young boys adult men as well like it's it's just it's an inside joke that has become mainstream without the context that the inside joke requires yeah yeah then it, it's it's it yeah exactly yeah that's very true when the problem with the with with technology is that when you're interacting with it you lose the context you don't have any yeah. context of that but that's true of all all media right you don't have context right. of uh of what people are doing when they're making a film mm-hmm. or <laughs> writing a book although today i feel like more and more writers and filmmakers and authors are kind of expected to go into the context a lot more than they would have once right like yeah, I perhaps yeah being asked <laughs> <laughs> yeah because like, I don't I don't think there were like like you know press releases and things like that back then like I, I can't imagine Tolstoy trying to f- explain <laughs> you know whereas today there are like you know there are conferences and like dialogues where authors come and then they read some of their stuff and like go into detail to, and talk about what they were trying to do exactly this a while ago i mean do you want to you also brought up uh shani you brought up an article by amanda Hess called misandry mm-hmm. I, I forgot the title uh Again, us being so prepared, but I did uh, like the article a lot, actually. The Rise of the Ironic Man-Hater. There you go. That's the one. Yeah, sorry. It talks about kind of about that missing context about how, you know, us feminists uh, know that this is a joke, but we're kind of like caricaturing 
what men or non-feminists think of us, which is that we're man-haters. We know that's not true. And so we say like, ha ha, I'm drinking male tears. Ha ha, men are trash. Ha ha, hate that I'm attracted to men because among us, it's a joke. However, when you are someone who has 150,000 followers on Twitter, when your tweets go viral around the world, around the internet, that little inside joke, once again, you know, stops being between you and your community of friends. Mm -hmm. And you are in a public platform. You are in a public space. Like there is a LinkedIn, sorry, not a LinkedIn. There is a TED talk I remember watching that talked about how Twitter is kind of our version, our modern version of the town square. Like Mm -hmm. you are in a public forum. And I think you should um, treat it with the responsibility it deserves. Yeah, but but that's a recent development. That has oh, absolutely with older people joining Twitter, I feel like, more so than with how it started. Do you know what I mean? When Twitter, when Twitter became a job, like literally Twitter pundit yeah. and things like that, job, a career, that's when I think, it, you know, like these inside jokes stopped being fun, ha ha, and yeah. became, maybe this is weird, but it's the, the really strange thing is that Twitter as a company is trying to court those two groups. They really like the young teens and the early college students that are like basically building the memes for the website. And they need, they need the millions of people who are journalists and et cetera, et cetera, politicians that tweet every day 70 times. They need both groups. But both groups, I feel personally, I feel can't really interact in the same space because the humor, the conversation just doesn't cross over and it just leads to confusion. Yeah. And it leads to miss, missing irony, missing humor. I don't know which is true and what isn't. You're going to have to clarify your point a little bit more. Um, when I say I don't know what's true and what isn't, I mean, I don't know what are you saying with your whole chest. I don't know what you mean when you say, like, if, uh, let's say if uh, AOC tweets men are trash, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that will require a lot more context from her. I need you to explain what you mean by that because you are a politician and you're a public figure. When a girl with like a Hello Kitty anime avatar treats men are trash, I'm probably gonna be like, she's a kid, she's joking or she's trying to like get a rise out of someone. So, but those two people might even have the same number of followers on Twitter. They are allowed to have like the same impact, quote unquote, within that platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just, it's two different segments of the population in the same group. One person, one segment of the population, I need to take everything they say seriously and as if it's fact. And the other segment of the population, they might not even have their real names or real faces online. They're just kind of, you know, kids or even young adults. And uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But also it's like, it's weird because there's, uh, there's just this bit like been this muddying of the, of like the boundaries. I feel so. You, Absolutely. Absolutely. Like the way that we like first when we were younger and you know, um, the internet was like a brand new thing and like you know the way that we interacted with it is very different from how I feel like our parents or generation are interacting with it now and it's like really strange what that's done um 
when even when AOC tweets something, she is in on the joke of social media. Whereas I feel like people like Donald Trump kind of aren't. They're not there or maybe it's like a meta level of genius that we just don't get <laughs> but but it's kind of like he he's good at the language of the internet i would say mm-hmm. like he knows how to speak the internet ease i would say and, and because he's got the narcissistic selfish part and that part the internet loves because the internet loves big personalities and he's good at that part yeah yeah but bluster he's bluster <laughs> of the internet <laughs> But he doesn't, he isn't able to, I think, uh, I think, and, and even my, I see this in my parents too, where they're not, they're like, I think we have like a skepticism of the things that we see on the internet and of media in general, uh-huh. where yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, older generations just believe whatever the, you know, whatever they want to believe on the internet. Mm-hmm. And so there's uh- this dis- this, this this lack of discernment, I feel like, among older generations. Absolutely. Um, when it comes to, oh my God, the social media. I don't know what's happening with the sound, Fada. I don't think it's bad. I think it's good. I can't hear anything bad about it. You'll hear it when you edit it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, pause. Is this working? Do you think? Yeah, yeah. I think we're. I think we're doing good. I think we're doing well. Okay. Cool. 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 Um. Where do we go? Oh, and also, um, we were talking about irony, right? And we're trying to figure out. Uh, what, what this iron? I don't know what what this iron. I. I can't use words. <laughs> what irony? It, on the internet means, right? And we're trying to understand what irony in general means. And um, you have to explain this one, Shana. Okay, so I read a book for you guys <laughs> after months of avoiding all the papers that I could. I read a paper finally on uh, on irony. It's and it's talking about how uh, irony is used in creative work and creative thinking. And uh, the basic thesis is that iron, irony is typically a placeholder for new and innovative uh, thinking. And so when, so it, like a, maybe a situation, uh, so for example, let's take a, a tweet that is, um, that is ironic. For example, the one about um, give me an example. Fa. Give me the tweet. The tweet about um, it is the tweet about the MacBooks. Do you think is ironic? Every man, every woman is sitting on a MacBook Air with a cup of tea, and every man has the loudest internet he could possibly buy at Best Buy. No, I don't think that's irony. Do you think that's irony? I don't get irony. <laughs> Maybe, you know, that's just what it is. We just don't get irony and we're trying really hard. <laughs> <laughs> we're just trying really hard to understand what it is and why people are so ironic on, on the internet. Um, 
but but then in irony that's also like an interesting take where um being present to, i don't know to being connected to the um person using irony is kind of important so that you understand it better <clears throat> like again on the internet you lose the context of irony a lot um and uh you kind of think that oh it's just adding fuel to the fire or it's just like pounding the same line of thinking um and it's gratuitous and it's you know there's not much there but i feel like uh or i think that maybe irony might be exploring a shift in how we think and uh like Mm. maybe it's like a shift from maybe we're just not we're at a part so right now the the irony is very know-it-all-ish right like the people who are making these ironic jokes sound like they know everything but maybe we need to move to another form of irony where it's kind of self-inclusive and and more an indication of oh my god what have we done then look at these people. <laughs> Does that make sense? I'm gonna say I'm, I'm now processing what you just said because I'm still I'm still thinking about what you had said earlier, which was irony comes at a time of innovation, and it feels like ever since the internet has been invented, we've just been in a constant state of innovation and changing our society and our world. Mm-hmm. That. Even the irony has gotten weirder and more abstract and and it's hard to keep up with jokes and memes and things like that because they change so quickly and like our attention span changes so fast. Mm -hmm. And I wonder how that affects how we joke and how we talk and and the lengths that we take with our jokes. Mm. Because every every time you have to get a little farther, like a joke's not funny if it's just men suck, men suck, men suck, men suck. And then becomes men are trash, men are trash, men are trash. And it becomes like, I'm drinking male tears. And it becomes kill all men. And like it just has to keep getting deeper and 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 uh, farther every time because that's how fast our world is changing. And that's how fast you know, according kind of according to what you're saying, that's how fast irony has to innovate and evolve as well to keep up with the society around it. If if that makes sense, or if that is even you know part of uh, what you're saying. Yeah. Um, yeah, so in the paper, it says that irony could function in a very different ways at two levels of a person's creative thinking as a stabilizing factor in defining a new perspective in the face of fear. And then, um, was my phone? Yeah, Uh, I think that's... Uh, so should I start again? I can't hear it on my, I'm using earphones as well. I don't know what it is. It's just bothering me. It's so annoying. That, do you hear that? Am I losing? I, <laughs> I think I'm losing my mind. I think maybe it's my phone. It's right close to my... Maybe, maybe. Maybe put the phone on airplane mode? Just yeah. in case there's a cellular. Okay, I just did. Okay. Oh, it's still there. God damn it. <laughs> maybe 
something in your room? Is, is the AC on? The AC was bothering you last time. No, it's not on. Uh, I don't know. I can't help anymore. Let's see. So, so yeah. So he says uh, that the irony could function in very different ways at two levels of a person's creative thinking as a destabilizing factor in defining a new perspective in the face of fear and then as a oh fuck well I can't do that <laughs> <laughs> oh. thus irony can Fun could function in two very different ways at uh, two levels of a person's creative thinking as a stabilizing factor in defining a new perspective in the face of fear, and then as d as a destabilizing factor in the development of alternative to alternatives to the assumed script. So the so I think what might be important here is the assumed script, and what's shifted from maybe 2014 when when this kind of humor was at its peak to now is um just the the role of men in the society of of men in society maybe um before this was not the assumption i feel like you know i mean i 2015 2014 was still like very a very feminist time but at the same time it, it wasn't the common assumption and now it feels like it is like this whole man men being completely oblivious to themselves and how they behave right and so <clears throat> that makes sense because it would mean that now what's happened is that men are just now this is just like widely assumed that the before that wasn't the the assumption, but now it is, um, mm. and so that makes it less edgy. The assumption yeah. has changed. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm. I get what you're trying to say, and I'm with you, because because the people who are writing this, because for example, if I went to our women's college and I made jokes like that. Mm -hmm. I think everyone would be in on the joke because we're all like, obviously we don't mean that and obviously. Mm -hmm. but, but I think the assumption that everyone is in on the joke is fundamentally flawed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no one, no, not everyone is in on the joke and not everyone thinks that women's rights are equal to men's or, and not everyone thinks that men, we like that feminists, are kidding when they say that they hate men and they don't actually like not everyone is in the joke and that's when the joke gets lost. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm literally just waiting for that noise to go away. <laughs> it's so annoying. Um, I can hear it now. Not in your head. I can kind of hear it. Right? Isn't it so annoying? Yeah. It literally sounds like somebody's cutting glass. That's know. that's right. That's not my side. That's not that's you. I that's, don't know. I don't know. I don't think it's me. I don't know. Wait, because I haven't uh, because a building is being built next, not to Shani. Wait, is this it? Is that what it sounds like? No. Did you just flush? 
No, I opened the window. Imagine <laughs> if I just flushed and I was like, yeah, I've been sitting the whole time. Um, there's a concrete rolling machine, like, you know, the, the, the da, 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 but it's too, it doesn't sound that loud. I kind of like old school internet. Wow, what a, like those old school internet, like, dial-ups. <laughs> wow, what a what a great like background score to this conversation. <laughs> this is our this is our new uh, what theme song? You said you wanted to sing theme song. I said, <laughs> yeah, let's move on. We tried really hard to make a point, but I don't think we really made it, and that's okay. We're just. Gonna- I, I I was just looking at what we wanted to bring up, and I think. The only thing maybe that we didn't talk about is why feminism has become about victimhood and the emergence or rise of incels. And then what? Emergence slash rise of incels. Mm-hmm. If we even want to talk about that or if we feel, because we've talked about this article so far, we've talked about it for half an hour. Yeah, I think, I don't know. This, it's not flowing though, right, Farah? It's hard for me to say right now. I think I need to re-listen to the I like where we went with it because I definitely finally got what you meant uh, at the end with the irony thing. Okay. Hey, yeah, I was on. Maybe we just need, we're gonna, we might have to edit it. As soon, yeah, when we edit, I think we'll notice that there is a, there is a train of thought happening. <laughs> <laughs> We do this every time. We are like, okay, we got to prepare it. Every time we come prepared, it fucking sucks somehow. Because, yeah, yeah, because, like, the people who are preparing, like, their entire job is the podcast, and they record once a week, and they spend the entire week, like, preparing for the podcast. For us, it's like, we're doing this. This is, this is homemade. This is home-baked. <laughs> this is organic material coming straight at you. <laughs> Cut off the brain. Oh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's stupid. All oh, this is stupid. Doesn't really. Who cares? Yeah. 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 Um, our second, our second topic was going to be about something else that's stupid. Uh, how about that segue, Shani? I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's it's uh, about kind of how false identities exist mm-hmm. online and how we can you can present yourself online in a different way. And that's, that's a topic brought to us by Ishani. So do you want to take it from there? <laughs> I mean, it's just more of the same. You guys, people are stupid and they talk about stupid shit online. And then they pretend to yeah. be that they're not. And then we all have to go along with that fucking pretension as if like it's really who they are. Like, I am so mad that I have to listen to like or I have to accept that Kylie Jenner is hot just because she posts really great pictures online you know like why do I have to consent to this fucking belief (laughs) you know I agree I agree I hate and I also really hate how passively we consume online culture like I sometimes go through my entire Twitter or Instagram list and I'm like I'm unfollowing all of these people I don't care if I'm only one person I'm following you I don't want to make you famous I don't want to be responsible for you getting more likes. Right. Because I don't. <laughs> oh, my, oh, my God. Oh, it's so annoying. Like, 
I, I think we don't really understand, like, especially when we're um, interacting with influencers, like, that is a real, like, money-making job. Okay, that, and also, but, like, on, on, like, the viewer's point of view, that that's, like, a real thing. Like, that's, like, a real decision. That's, like, a real mm-hmm. person you, you, you seem to be following. Like, it feels mm-hmm. kind of guilty to be, like, oh, I'm not going to follow you anymore sometimes. I don't know. Maybe I overthink it. But then there are all these, like, like, remember, and, and do you remember those whole, like, like, YouTuber drama, like, beauty YouTuber drama? <laughs> right? And, and how we start defining ourselves by by the followers, by the, the YouTubers that we're following? Like, yeah. what the fuck? Like, how empty are we that we need to fucking identify ourselves by who we're following? If it's, like, James Charles or fucking Tati. Like, who cares, you know? But then you're still invested in it. And it becomes, like, a real dilemma in your brain. And I don't want that to be a really real dilemma in my brain, you know? I have better things to think about, <laughs> but somehow I fucking end up there. What's the point of that? Why? It's I- quite- oh. Candy, it's full- nothing. It requires you to sit back and passively let this happen in front of you as if it's a TV show, but it's being presented as real life because of this kind of false projection that what James Charles does online every day is him and he's friends with me and he likes me and he loves me because he's talking directly to me. Uh, and, you know, you don't actually think in those terms, but you just think you know the guy. Um, and and I was also thinking about how, like, sometimes, like, I used to watch TV shows, like, if I'm having a quick meal or if I'm doing... Yeah, yeah. Now I watch, like, a YouTube video, like, those, like, 15 to 20 minute long YouTube videos that are just, like, a guy talking to a screen or a girl or someone doing their makeup. And how, like, that is, like an actual form of culture now and media that we consume like on literally a day-to-day basis. And mm-hmm. so us pretending that, oh, he's just a little YouTuber. Like, no, 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 he's influencing culture as a whole. And these videos are getting 50 million views from all around the world. Like this is not just a little thing that we can ignore or not examine its impact. These false projections of identity, whether they're real or not, whether, it's also weird when like someone's quote-unquote brand is vlogging which is like I'm video blogging my life and I'm bringing you into it and then they have ads and then they're selling you something oh, and then they're my god that's, that's when that's when it becomes really 100% yeah because that because such a betrayal you know because yeah, you're, if you're invested in something life, and then and they're kind of like, oh, let me just sell you this little thing on the side. Let me make money off of my connection with you. Like, how shit? What kind of a shitty friend does that? You know, like what? It's just, oh, <laughs> like also, it's so compromising to the personality that you have. There's like, it really knocks off like authenticity as a as a. As a meaning, even it, it becomes meaningless. It yeah, becomes meaningless. Absolutely. Because if authenticity can become a brand, then fucking humanity can become a brand. Then innocence can become a brand. Because, because it's such an abstract concept. How can it be a brand? But they're, that's what they're selling you. And it's, uh, it's dangerous. It's honestly dangerous to how we perceive people and our perception of ourselves. Yeah, and also just like commercializing your, your personality as a concept sounds iffy right like sure it's like i mean go ahead make your money but at the same time like 
do you feel connected with anybody then? Like, does that affect how you connect with somebody who, who you're, who is, you know, like, what does that do to, to how you connect on a one-on-one level? Sure. You might be connecting with a large audience, but can you connect with, does that, does that affect how you connect without that audience? Right. Yeah. And, and we, you and I were talking yesterday about how, like, when we were little kids, you and I, and I'm sure millions and billions of people just like us would go online because that's when we felt, that's where we felt we fit because we didn't really fit in like the real world, like not really fit. Like we weren't antagonized and bullied daily, but it just, you know, it was a nice little escape if you felt like you weren't really doing well socially. And so I learned a lot of my social cues online Mm -hmm. and I would see things like that of like, oh, I met this person two days ago and like, oh, I love you so much. I'd be like, how do you love them? Or maybe it's normal to say I love you after meeting someone for the first time. What does that, and so there is, it feels weird to say that because it's, it's there, sometimes these YouTubers are kids just like us, but there is a weird social responsibility to people who are even younger than you, who are maybe learning behavior by modeling your behavior. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so when you see authenticity, for example, just as an example, becoming a brand, when you see uh, uh, shout out to blah, 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 and like use these pills and use these tablets, it's become, I don't know, it just, it just, it becomes normalized in a way that I don't like. Yeah. Mm. And also like, that's a, a specific part of somebody's identity to Mm-mm. and I'm holy. very easy to forget when you're online like one of the reasons why Donald Trump becomes so easy to caricature is because we think of him as only being this vitriolic um idiot <laughs> yeah on the internet but maybe there's more oh, who the fuck knows maybe there isn't but like but but that's the illusion of the internet, right? Is that because it's presented in a way that it feels like, oh, of course I know that person. Of course I know James Charles. I watch his videos every day. That's who he is. But in reality, we don't know who he is. And we and, and there's like, there is a, a vested interest in understanding that. But at the same time, that also kind of seems perverse because like, it's kind of like, how how can we... It's kind of like how we interact with like celebrities too. Like, it feels perverse that like paparazzi pictures are a thing, right? Because it's it's like, why should I know what Taylor Swift looks like when she's walking on the street? Why is that something I need to know? And is that a problem on my part or is that a problem on her part? You know. Right. Right. I remember, um, I just saw, I think it was either a tweet or something on Tumblr that said, like, when we were much younger, we used to have better boundaries between us and the internet, Mm -hmm. because we always used to be like, TTYL, I'm logging off MSN now, Mm -hmm. and I'm gonna see you at school tomorrow. And like, away from keyboard, like whenever you'd be playing a game on PlayStation or anything like that, you'd just be like away from keyboard, and then you'd go get a drink. And it was setting clear boundaries, Mm -hmm. which we don't have which we don't because now live streaming now periscope is a thing yeah now you're always on now people get mad at you if they message you if they send you a facebook message 
because they're like, you have to reply to me. Your phone is always in your hand. And people are like, sometimes I don't want to be like in communication with you. Like, I don't want to be always available. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is this perception that no, you are always available. You're never not online. And for these personalities and these people who are making their living or are quote unquote influencers online, it becomes not only do you always have to be online, your personality online has to match your IRL personality. Exactly. Oh my God, 100%. And that's not like, that's the problem of the person who's watching, right? Because mm-hmm. why should, because how, yeah, why should you small. accept that? It's one, it's one, there was, if, as long as we're talking about James Charles, I remember he released uh, a tweet or a statement. He was just like, uh, if you come to my house, I will not be happy. I will not sign your palette. I will not be excited to see you. I will not hug you. Like, this is, you're invading my personal space. You've actually made me feel unsafe. And I feel like it was, it was kind of straight and to the point because a lot of these children, and let's be honest, they're teenagers and kids are going or getting on buses or maybe taking their parents with them or whatever. And are like, oh, James Charles tells me bye sister at the end of every video. I'm friends with James Charles or he's going to be happy to see me. I'm going to show him that I supported him and bought his merch and he's going to be happy about that. But forgetting that this kid, this guy has a personal life. He has a personal, you know, he, he logs off. As soon as the vlog is over, he closes it and he's a different person. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in a realistic way. And he's not going to love you and he's not gonna hug you and and maybe the point is to stop investing so much in false identities that we see online because because they're not real and and because we're making everyone famous who doesn't really deserve it (laughs) yeah yeah and but then that's also on james charles for faking that intimacy you know because i remember that's that yeah the circumstances under which I started using the internet and watching YouTube videos and all of these things. It's like, it was because I was lonely in my real life. And so when some, you're kind of toying with somebody's emotions and there needs to be like some sort of an equal exchange. And maybe that's what the problem is that, that in viewing something on the internet or watching a video or even a movie or reading a book, it isn't an equal exchange. You are mm-hmm. essentially allowing somebody to think for you and you know inhabit your brain for a while and and that's kind of an intimate exchange but that doesn't mean that you get to do that to the person who you're allowing that to it's kind of like being colonizing in in a way you know Uh, where where it's this narcissistic need for the person on the screen to make you think like them even mm-hmm. for like five minutes and and then it I don't know and, and especially for kids when and especially when ki- when their emotional needs are not tended to of course that's mm-hmm. the reaction of course they're going to show up in his house thinking that it's on him yeah. as well to draw clear boundaries about how he's presenting himself it shouldn't be like you cannot uh, fake intimacy should not be the currency you know um absolutely a healthy one we were really uh we came in hot with this topic and we've talked about it for a good 20 something minutes okay 